Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're here for another episode and something that we're doing a little bit different here at WPPI this year, 2019, um, I'm calling them snapshot interviews. So we normally have a 60-minute interview. We're going to do something that's a little more along the lines of 10 or 15, 20 minutes. And I've got a new friend of mine here with me, Alex Arnold. Make sure I say that correctly. Alex, thanks so much for making time for the Boca Podcast today. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And we're going to we're going to actually get into I, your your background is interesting, and I want to let you kind of expound on that. You've had experience in, in multiple genres of photography, which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But to begin with, if someone were to ask you what your photography business was about, how would you sum that up in just a few seconds? My business mainly focuses on weddings, portraits, and food. So it's mainly about capturing people and making food look delicious. Okay. And I like the simplicity in, in which you sum that up. Uh, a lot of photographers have a t- hard time summing their brand up with just a sentence or two. So major props to you for that in all seriousness. But I, I'm curious, how do you... I, I'm a bit of a, a minimalist, a, a simplicity freak. And if I am to create a brand, I like to focus on one thing. So how do you allow for people photography and food photography to coexist in a brand and not confuse potential clients in the process? Uh, well, you know, in, with regards to social media, it's a little tough for me. So my Instagram is mainly catered towards weddings and portraits. I don't post a lot of food, but when it comes to finding clients, I mainly do that through my website. And my website is pretty expansive, and it's always getting bigger. So I'm totally comfortable having a section for food that is next to a wedding section. But the wedding section is definitely what the website's about. Um, so I. I think my website works good. I mainly focus on search engine optimization. So for me, if I want to capture as many things that you can Google and find me if I'm good at solving that problem for you. That's interesting because it seems as though I've even heard conversation as of late that Google SEO is kind of dying out. The significance of it is dying out. I know that I've seen for Photographers Edit, I mean, roughly 25% of our new accounts of Photographers Edit come from organic Google search. So there's, I'm personally seeing the significance of it. Um, what does that look like for you? Like what percentage of your clients find you via Google? You know, that's a good question. That's uh, one of the reasons we're here at WPPI. My fiance is here with me and she's uh, one of the big analytical people that I know. And she's taken a couple classes on that. But one of our questions coming here was, are the things we're doing hurting us? Are they helping us? How can we put that into Excel and calculate that? Um, but for me, I can tell where you're coming from. Are you coming from the not.com? Are you finding me on my website? Are you writing me on Instagram? And I also use a website called Hotjar that records clients coming to my website. And it's totally free. And so I can actually see where they click, what they click on. I can see if they stumble onto something. I can see where they get confused and when they actually leave. And that's been kind of one of the things that's been helping me out. Um, But also just trying to be confident. I think, you know, 
working with brands and food photography is something I'm passionate about. And I think those people are searching specifically. And that area of my website is definitely a secondary area. So Hotjar, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that brand. It sounds in some ways similar to Google Analytics and being able to see the behavior of your client on or a potential client on your site. Is it similar to that? Is it kind of build on that and give more features? You know, it's a lot simpler. Uh, it is free. And so it's, it's a little bit futuristic. It's a little bit, uh, when I first found out about it, I thought it was a little creepy, but it doesn't give you private information. It just shows what's happening with the cursor on your website. And I find that most of the time, what I want to do with photography is branding. It is weddings and it is photographing people. And I don't want to pigeonhole myself. And I want to definitely work with clients that want to work with me. So if I can make your wedding a beautiful experience, uh, I have a section for that and an Instagram for that. I haven't gone as far as to create a food photography Instagram, so it is a secondary thing for me. So you mentioned to me before I started recording that you've been shooting since you were 18 years old. And so you have quite a bit of experience as a photographer. I'm curious if you had 15 seconds to share with a fellow photographer, maybe a new photographer, something, a significant lesson that you've learned over the years. What would that lesson be? What would you want to share? Definitely, I would say find a mentor. Um, If you find a mentor uh, with an established business, you'll find that you're skipping mistakes that they made. They're going to help you out. They're going to tell you the potholes they fell into, and they're going to lead you in the right direction. And really, they're going to help you get to a place where you want to be with your business really a lot faster. Um, So I would say find a mentor. It's not always easy. For me, it was my high school photo teacher. I fell in love with photography in Germany. I came home and I just kept emailing him photos. Eventually, he started replying. And then eventually I got to shoot a wedding with him. He liked the work, so I got to get a paid internship with him and his wife for years. And I still shoot with them today. So that's definitely been one of the biggest motivators for me, one of the biggest things that helps me get clients, helps me skip a lot of steps. Now, you photograph a variety of types of well you create a variety of photographs wedding photography portrait photography food photography i can imagine that you probably have a nice selection of gear i'm curious like what's a piece of gear these days that you can't live without whether it's related to the food photography or the people photography um you know in terms of digital gear i would say honeybook that keeps me organized it uh lets me know if i double book myself it lets clients skip the post office sign things digitally it lets me get paid digitally and it also lets me see every email that i've sent to that client in a snapshot in terms of gear and my bag i love my 50 mil i love my 70 to 200 one thing about wedding photography for me is i don't want to miss anything i think it's all about anticipation being present and if i'm across the room and i see a kid about to hug a grandfather or about to do something funny, I don't have to run across the room to get that shot. So I love that 70 to 200. Yeah, the 70 to 200 was definitely one of my favorites. Simultaneously, I also like the 50 just for the small form factor. And you can get them so inexpensively, fast lens. I I love both of those lenses. It's great. So I mentioned earlier, I alluded to the fact that, I mean, not only obviously are you a portrait photographer, a wedding photographer, a food photographer, but You have some interesting experience in other photo projects, if you will, genres of photography almost. Um, And one of the things that you mentioned to to me leading up to today's conversation uh, was an experience that you had photographing Cold War safe houses. This is not something that I've ever heard from another photographer before. 
So this is interesting. And you said it actually ties to the way that you approach photography now, like wedding photography now. So give us a little bit of background here, like a backstory, and then talk to us a little bit about how that ties into what you're doing now in wedding photography. One of my uh, close friends is a ex-CIA analyst, and he was putting together a project where he had access to some writing that wasn't known yet, that the, they were letting him publish, and he wanted to create a project where all those over 66 locations around Washington, D.C. would have photos to go along with them. So it's dead drops, it's old KGB safe houses, it's houses of famous politicians that no longer live there. Um, and so I spent over two and a half weeks going around D.C. photographing these insane locations. Some were easy, uh, some were hard, some were, were embassies, but it was all for this project. How that ties in wedding photography, you know, some of these locations, they didn't want you there. Obviously, you have to be legal, so you're at least on the sidewalk. But, you know, there's former um, diplomats' houses, former king's houses. You know you only have a certain amount of time there. You know, and with weddings, sometimes the florist is late. Sometimes things, the whole timeline goes out the window. So you have to be able to photograph enough shots so that you can get a beautiful album to your clients. And sometimes you have a groom that doesn't want to take pictures or any number of things, rain, and you only have a little bit of sunshine. Um, and so just being able to know your camera settings, get those images that you need for your client quickly. With the Washington, D.C. project, it was a lot of architecture, um, and it was a lot of creepier things, a lot more fun, but it's all knowing your gear and knowing what your client wants and understanding their objectives. So being a wedding photographer, I've said this before, but I think if you're a good wedding photographer, you, you, you have to be one of the best all-around photographers, period. Because as wedding photographers, we, we photographed ar- architecture, right? We're capturing, we're, we're photojournalists, we're capturing moments, we're portrait photographers as well. We are landscape photographers sometimes. We're interior architecture photographers sometimes. It just, it, it depends on the case. But you make an interesting point there, which is sometimes you have limited amount of time and you have to be able to work with the scenario and make the best of it. Part of that is knowing the gear. And part of it is your ability to be able to interact with the client or the clients involved. And you alluded to something which is interesting to me. In fact, I was just talking to another photographer, I think earlier today about this. I worked with a, a groom one time, a bride and groom, but we were doing an engagement session. So the bride and groom-to-be. And uh, the groom in particular was not comfortable with public display of affection. So, I, you know, obviously I want to capture images, a portrait of this couple that reflects their connection. And instead it was looking something like a really awkward uh, junior high dance, you know, photo that, that is just contrived and stiff and just extremely awkward to look at. All that to say, I'm curious, you talk about, for example, sometimes it, it can be difficult to photograph a groom who's not really comfortable with the camera or doesn't really want to even be there. He's ready to go party with his friends. What's something that you do to help alleviate a situation like that, help the groom feel a little bit more comfortable and more willing to be in front of the camera? Well, a big part of it is meeting with them early, letting them know my style, hopefully shooting an engagement session with them so they're trusting me, but then also knowing that I'm going to get across to them that I, if they want to shoot for this amount of time, we can make that happen. And saying, you know, trust me, we don't have to shoot all day. I'm not the photographer who's going to take you away from your party for 45 minutes. But if you want me to, we'll make art for 45 minutes. That sounds great. I do little tricks to make people comfortable. Usually the bride is on my side, and she's definitely being a cheerleader for him. 
one little thing I can do that I can just pull out of my hat is I like to tell them to make each other blush. And this really helps with the 70 to 200 because I can back up a little. He's uncomfortable, so I'm backing up a little. And she starts whispering some dirty things into his ear. And, you know, I don't care how shy you are. If you're getting married to a woman, you love her. And uh, if she's whispering things like that in your ear, she, you'll relax a little bit. Oh, that's really great. I, I, you know, I don't know if I ever specifically asked one of my couples to do that. And, and I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself. Like, I, I would love to have seen the response. I can only imagine, like you said, them blushing, laughing, feeling a little bit awkward and embarrassed in the moment. But it translates to real emotion, which is so much of what we want to be able to capture in a, in a subject. So that's, that's really, really great. Share with our listeners, just real quickly, if you will, where they can find you online, follow what you're doing on Instagram, social media, or on your website. Yeah, they can find me at alexarnoldphotography.com. Uh, my Instagram is alexarnoldphoto, spelled F-O-T-O. I'm also on Facebook. They can find me on my website there. That's pretty much it. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down for a quick snapshot, a little quick interview. Maybe at, one, at some point we can come back and do a full interview. But uh, thanks so much for making time for Boca. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.